Hey guys, Charlie here. Just wanted to let you know that this episode of Charlie's GeekCast features some adult language, so listener discretion is advised. Um, have you checked out Transformers on your street yet? No. It's part of the whole kind of marketing campaign they were doing. Um, basically, it uses Google Maps to basically have Grimlock and Shockwave fight each other outside your house. Oh, cool. <laughs> Oh, but I it doesn't do have that. to be your house. It can be the Eiffel Tower, which is what I did. I had them fighting there. You just pick somewhere. If you know the address, there you go. You type it in. It fights them there. Just uses whatever information Google Maps has and snaps it up for you in a wee video. That's awesome. We'll have the White House. That'd be <laughs> <Yeah>. awesome. <laughs> Welcome to episode two of Charlie's Geekcast, the show about me and the stuff I like. My name is Charlie Niemeyer, and today's episode is all about a topic that everyone I've ever met knows at least a little bit about, the Transformers. But with a topic this big, I'm going to need some help, so I've invited a couple of guys to come help me talk about some of the parts that I don't know much about. First up, because he has a podcast that I can think of the name of, um, star of, er, and host, of... Oh, Flash. Oh. What's the name of your show? <laughs> it's Flash Legacies. It's just, it's funny you said Legacies. it's the one I can name. It's... <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> oh, I'm keeping that in there. Yeah, okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, anyway. Uh, first up, we have David Walker of Flash Legacies. Hi, yeah. He... How's it going? <laughs> Good. And he's, of course, from Ireland, so it's my first time talking to someone from a whole other country. Woo-hoo, so welcome to the you. show. And and that other guy that says, woohoo, that's Travis. And hello. Do you have a... Hello. Do you have a, do you have a podcast anymore? Uh, no, I do not at the okay. moment. And he's from Missouri. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and, and That's a whole other country. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> well, for David, Sometimes. it is. But, yeah. <laughs> and uh, he's also he's also the big toy collector for the show. Yes. And then together, the two of them are going to help me talk about the comics because I don't know much about the Transformers comics other than the Dreamwave stuff. Yay. Um, I guess before we get too far into this, um, Bark, we, yeah. <laughs> I figure what would be cool would be to give everyone's like how you got into Transformers. So to give you guys a little bit more time to think about that for a sec, I'm going to give you mine. Mine is, I remember watching the the cartoon when I was a kid, and I had a, um, I had a cousin that that had an Optimus Prime, and I loved playing with Optimus Prime, and he also had a. Uh, not Sun Sunstreaker's the yellow one, right? Yes, he was the yeah. le- yellow Lamborghini. Okay, what was his brother? A sideswipe was the sideswipe. Thank you. I am really good with names today. <laughs> sideswipe was my very first transformer. Uh, he was the first one I could transform without needing the instructions, 
and at some point I lost all the wheels and I have lost him since then but I have bought him in the more recent classics version and I know they're just released or just about to release a cool masterpiece Transformers version Yeah. that I probably will not be able to afford because it's in Japan and it's like $250 uh-huh. but um yeah and then uh, like I said I never read any of the comics but I remember all the different iterations of the TV show I remember I vividly remember Optimus Prime dying but I could not until a couple years ago I could not have told you how he died and I remember there being a lot of time that I didn't like the show because Optimus Prime wasn't on it (laughs) and then he came back and then they cancelled the show so that was awesome and and then I remember I don't remember how I got this I don't remember if it was my birthday or Christmas or my mom was just feeling generous but I got the uh, Power Master Optimus Prime and I remember being really confused because right around that time they had the they had the cartoon uh, coming back on TV where they had like the live action kind of not CGI but crappy modeling I guess it's stop motion probably of that little kid talking to Optimus and Optimus tells him a, a story of some of some adventure he had and that adventure it, it leads into an actual episode of the show being shown and I remember getting very confused and frustrated that they never showed episodes where uh, where he was Power Master Optimus Prime because I was stupid and beyond that Transformers kind of I, I had one videotape so I could watch one episode from like the first season over and over again but for a while there there was no Transformers and then Beast Wars came on and I didn't care about that because it wasn't trucks and cars as most people did back then apparently and then of course I really got back into Transformers when they did uh, what was it Robots in Disguise which was uh, it wasn't CGI anymore it was anime and it was Optimus Prime was a truck granted he was a fire truck but he was a truck and we had cars we had Autobots back instead of Maximals and Predacons although the Predacons were still there and eventually there were Decepticons and then, of course, after that, I followed the series after that and got severely disappointed. But the toys were cool. Mm-hmm. And then I liked Transformers Animated. And I have some of those toys. And, yeah. And then I the Prime is out, but I haven't really watched much of it. And I have don't have any of the toys from that. And that's about my history. Uh, let's see. Let's... let's oh. Well, Travis has like a ton of them, so we're, let's do Dave first because he'll probably okay. be quicker. <laughs> yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> Hopefully, um, basically, Transformers have been around me for as long as I can remember. Um, How I... long can you remember? Well, to be—I'm <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> I remember reading the first annual. That was also i think my first introduction to any kind of comics because the hardback annuals the uk ones um had some of the stories reprinted from the uk line here and there and possibly the us ones but it had like these kind of uh what would they be called word searches and little games and puzzles and text pieces and all that sort of thing thrown in oh, well wow. um, that's cool and i remember having that um, as far back as I can go, along with my Grimlock toy, which has gone walkabouts. I'm pretty sure it's up in my attic somewhere. Um, <laughs> but I'm 
I know it's still here. It has to still be here. It lived under my bed in a box with the rest of my Transformers for years until I had to switch out the room and switch out beds and crap like that. And I know it went up in the loft. It's up there somewhere. <laughs> I don't know where. But along with along with that, I had the toys for... Um, I'm probably going to get it wrong, but Stegosaurus, who I think is Sludge. That's right. No, Sludge is... Oh, I, I get the names mixed up all the time. I know it's not Slag. He's the Triceratops. Um, he's easy enough to yeah. remember. And Grimlock's but, the Tyrannosaurus. You can't forget him. Yep, he's easy enough. Swoop. Swoops the yes. pterodactyl. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, what's the other name? <laughs> uh, I see, looked this up earlier. Not, to make sure not, I wouldn't forget. It's not just me. Yes. No, no. It's it's everyone. It's good. <laughs> um, let's see. Well, whatever his name was, I had him. He was a he was a stegosaurus he was cool and he went along with grimlock and my optimus prime um i'm pretty sure i had astro train as well oh um, that would have been cool he, the triple changer you know and that's really awkward to change every now and again i think i basically went from train mode to space shuttle mode because it was too awkward trying to get him into the robot mode every now and again so <laughs> but I just remember playing with them for years anyway. Um, I also obviously watched the TV show. Um, I, I remember kind of half watching the movie. Uh, that's that's one of my earliest memories for any of it. But uh, I couldn't get to see the end of it because my cousins showed up. <laughs> and we'd only rented the video till that day and it had to go back right uh, okay. then. So I missed the end of it. Okay, that answers the question I was going to ask. I was going to ask if you got to see it in the theater. No, no. Uh, unfortunately, a little bit too young for that. Ah, okay. Basically, Transformers, as they kind of exist for us, is about three, four months older than me. Oh, just you're the youngin. Like, yeah, just a little bit. Um, September 84, so... Oh, dang! <laughs> That's when the cartoon started. Exactly. Oh. And literally there... I think comic series is the only thing that kind of predates it, as yeah, far as I know. Much. And pretty that's much. where all names and stuff come from, so just a <laughs> little bit older. But yeah, basically, after a while, it kind of faded out. Um, Beast Wars, I kind of watched every now and again, but I didn't really think of it as Transformers, even though they transformed. It wasn't, as you said, trucks. Um it did have they dinosaurs. didn't use the sound. They didn't use the sound. I always thought it was kind of a rip-off, though, uh, calling it Optimus Primal. I always thought uh -huh. it, it it wasn't actually Transformers. They were just kind of trying to cash in on it or something, but something <laughs> just put me off it. I, I'm assuming it was that. Uh, then uh, when the movie came out, uh, that's when kind of I started getting back into it again, and it's also when my nephew started getting into it. So... I ended up getting toys and stuff from him, which ended up with me getting a second Grimlock, although it's the newer one. I bought him one, and my brother got me one for him because we're having trouble finding it. So instead of sending one back, I thought, there's not much point getting rid of it. I may as well just keep it. So <laughs> I I have that. It's, it's hiding somewhere as well. Probably with your Grimlock. They're probably having a party somewhere. Um, <laughs> 
I'm planning to get the next one as well. I think there's a new one to be released um, from the Fall of Cybertron game. Oh, it's the most recent one. I think it's. Uh, I think I saw pictures of it from San Diego this year, so it should hopefully be due out sometime soon. So I'll probably end up getting it as well because <laughs> Grimlock is awesome. Yes, uh, yes, yeah, he's the best. <laughs> Me, Grimlock, badass. <laughs> All right. See if universe. <laughs> uh, once he, after, once he, what, what was it like? Season three, when he really started talking more, uh, mm-hmm. he was a, he was awesome. I liked his the way what he said, st- uh, the way he talked. Yeah. All right, Travis. Yes. Keep in mind, we've only got a couple hours. Okay. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, your turn. How did you get right. into Transformers? Um, it started simultaneously with the toys and the, and the show, uh, okay. but more, more so the toy. I, I remember the first one I remember getting was Prowl. I got it for Christmas one year. I got Prowl. My brother got Sideswipe. And then, uh, I remember mom got us, my mom had had some health issues around that time, 84, 85, and so she was had to be gone for a week or so, and she brought back stuff for us kids. And uh, my brother got the, and I got the Ravage uh, Frenzy two pack, and I got Ravage. So those are my first two uh, Transformers that I remember getting. And then uh, when I was eight, I remember I got uh, Shockwave for my birthday. Um. None of, and you know I was I was into it a lot you know but at the same time there was GI Joe and there was T Man and there was all that stuff so I didn't get have like a huge collection of Transformers but uh, and like most people you fade out of your hobbies sometimes and uh, it wasn't until the eighties boom started when they started releasing the reissue stuff that I started collecting again and, and all my original stuff is long gone. I, I've tried looking for it. I have no idea where it ended up. So I started collecting over again, probably early 2000, 2001. Okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, I literally have built my collection from nothing to about 900 pieces in the last 12 years. Wow. So wow. Now, <laughs> do you are some of those actually like ones from way back when? Or... Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah, I've got a I've got a few of the original stuff. Um, I've got some of the reissue stuff. I've got some of the Japanese stuff. See, when I was when I was a kid, what I what I really wanted was Optimus Prime, and my parents never got it for me for Christmas or birthday. So I made up for that in my adulthood, <laughs> and I now have ten shelves of Optimus Prime, just Optimus <laughs> Prime stuff. <laughs> wow! I've got a I've got an entire shelf of Rodimus or Hot Rod. I've got uh, three shelves of Megatron. Uh, you know, I've I've got an entire shelf of nothing but Dinobots. Where awesome. I've I've got Generation One Grimlock, Generation Two Grimlock, which is just a repaint, mm-hmm. um, Masterpiece Grimlock, Ooh. and it's 
it's the one from Japan that comes with the apron and the tray of oh, drinks cool. from the episode <laughs> where he was a waiter. Awesome. Um, and that's how I've got him right now. I've got him in, ro- in dinosaur mode with wearing the apron, carrying the tray of drinks. <laughs> that's but, awesome. Uh, I got a couple of Masterpiece Primes. Uh, you know, I got the Masterpiece Megatron. Uh, Masterpiece. Now, you, how, I'm sorry. How did you get that? Because I know that that was hard to get into America because of customs and it was packaged like a gun. Um, it helps to have a friend who works for an insurance company and does training in the Philippines. <laughs> ah, okay. So he brought, he brought me one back. And luckily, you know, it's it's you know he was telling me that unfortunately they can be a little bit crooked bringing people you know if they want to hassle you they can at the drop of a hat luckily he wasn't hassled when he came back into the states but it was in robot mode okay in the box so that probably helped him a lot so i don't even have it doesn't even have an orange tip on it it's just you transform it looks like a real gun oh wow i haven't i've never transformed it because those masterpiece transformers are you gotta have to have like a a degree in physics or something to get those <laughs> things transformed sometimes but yeah. uh but yeah and you know i i followed you know the g1 cartoon i ne- I didn't get to see the movie in the theater i didn't really watch it until you know years later actually after it came out but uh and beast wars i wasn't really interested in beast wars until they made it clear that it was part of that continuity and in beast wars when they discovered the arc the original arc in that mm-hmm. show that's to me when it got cool <laughs> you know but uh and then i watched robots in disguise a little bit it was cool and then uh animated i really liked animated and prime is is amazing i, I love prime it's so good <laughs> they they're able to do all the stuff now that they couldn't get away with i guess back in you know 84 i mean and the in the first like three part episode introducing Transformers Prime, they killed Cliff Jumper within like the first like half hour mm-hmm. of the show, and and it wasn't like they did it off screen. I mean, they literally killed him, <laughs> then brought brought him back as a zombie, and then literally I think Megatron split him in two with a sword or ripped him in two, like right on screen <laughs> and tossed him down this like shaft of some kind. So, so he died twice. He died twice. Wow. Is he actually dead at this point? I've I've seen yeah. a couple of episodes and there's like half of them still hanging around, but it might be the end of that bit. It yeah. may be. Like I haven't seen him like I saw him in that initial uh three part opener and then they I've seen him like in a flashback. But other than that, he's 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 been gone. Oh, but wow. and then uh, but yeah, and I I never read the comics too much as far as the the uh, the Marvel comics. Um, I've got a bunch of them because I you know when I started collecting again, I tried to get as much of them as I could. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, but mainly it's I'm you know I just like the cartoons and I'm and I'm into the into the collecting them. And uh, I mean it's it's. It's huge. People come into my room and they just are completely overwhelmed. Like, they, well, yeah, if you got ten shelves of just Optimus, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's yeah, wow. But yeah, uh, and I mean, I just, I just every week I'm out at the the stores around here that sell vintage toys, or I'm in Toys R Us or Target, and every weekend I get something. Wow. 
Okay, so you've got about over 900 of them. Right. Do you have any duplicates? Or do you have any that are like you have the original and the reissue? Um, let's see. I'm trying. Not too much of the. Uh, typically, if I get the uh, the original, I don't do the reissue or vice versa. Okay. Uh, but I do have some duplicates of stuff. Like you know, I've got a few of the mini cons from uh, from the the, the Unicron trilogy. Okay. You know, I bought because uh, what what happened was I was in at a comic book shop and they had a ninety nine cent bin, uh-huh. and I guess somebody didn't realize what they had. And I pulled twenty mini cons <laughs> out of that ninety nine cent bin one night. <laughs> so I was like, oh, I've already got this, but ninety nine cents, I'm getting it again. So like I've got the re- <laughs> I've got the Requiem Blaster in a Requiem Blaster mode, and then I've got the three by themselves that make up the Requiem Blaster and things like that. Um, <laughs> wow, you but, got the Star Saber one. Yep. I think it's called the Star Saver. Yeah, Star I got, Saver. I got that uh, twice in one color and once in a in a remodel version. <laughs> and you've got but, the shield, I take it. I do have the Skyboom shield. I only got the Skyboom shield once. I do have it, however, in oversized knockoff. Oh, and okay. It's, it's huge. <laughs> okay, so you, so you don't stick to just the official Hasbro Takara stuff? I tried to. It's just I came across those knockoff piece ones, and it was like three bucks for a two pack. And between like three packs of these knockoffs, I was able to get the Skyboom Shield and the Requiem Blaster. You know, because they they don't package them together, and they're just knockoffs. So I was able to get them for like nine bucks. I got <laughs> a knockoff, but that's the only really knockoffs I have. I have a little bit of the. Uh, you know, sometimes uh, independent company will put out stuff. Mm-hmm. Like I have a, they have one called Targetroids, and they did uh, Megatron and Optimus Prime, and they both turn into guns. <laughs> and, they're, oh. and they're and they're small enough that they could fit in like a standard fist. So you know, I've got some of that stuff. Like standard human fist or standard transformer fist? Transformer fist. Ah, so okay. Like, like, oh, wow. Optimus, you could literally give Optimus Prime a, a gun that transforms into Optimus Prime. <laughs> now that's cool. The, the only time my wife has ever looked at me like I was nutty, I've got, I've got 12 of the smallest version of the uh, Viacons from Transformer Prime. Okay. Because you know they have a bunch of them on the show, so I need an army of vehicles. Yeah, you got to have the army. <laughs> so I got I got twelve of them. Got 12. Wow. I thought you were going to say when you first introduced her to your transformer collection, but okay, that'll work too. Yeah, yeah, actually, <laughs> she will tell you that when she first met me, it was a little overwhelming, and I, it wasn't that big. <laughs> it was only like it was only like ten or twelve pieces at that point. But I there was no oh. shame, there was no shame to my game. Like, <laughs> I was a single guy. You know, if, if I met a girl and she came over, like my wife, boom, the Transformers were there. You like them or hate them, I don't care. But she, so she was one of those things. She had to make kind of a split decision, split second decision. Do I want to see this through or do I want to bolt? And uh, she chose. Unfortunately, I, she thought she might trip if she bolted, so she stayed cool. Right. <laughs> she didn't want, want to trip over Transformers. Yeah, know. exactly. <laughs> might bust something and get sued. Okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. Well, good. So I think we're going to be covered on our topics. So I guess first up, we'll talk about, we'll kind of go in a chronological order 
at least to start with. So basically what I have found out, and most of this information is hopefully correct because I'm getting it out of the Transformers Vault book. Because I'm not as much of a collector as Travis here, but I do get some of the stuff. And apparently this started, uh, Transformers, actually, the history of Transformers dates back to the 60s. Wow. When Hasbro created G.I. Joe. And G.I. Joe was really cool because it was a huge, you know, huge guy, had pretty good articulation, and you could put him in different clothes and all that stuff. The original G.I. Joe. And apparently what happened was Takara, which is a toy company over in Japan, imported it and released it as like Hero Joe or Combat Joe. And then, of course, they kept using the molds and body parts and things for other kinds of toys, including science fiction stuff. And eventually they came up with a version that was rendered in translucent plastic and had simulated mechanical parts inside. And they called that Henshin Cyborg. Which I guess technically is a trans is a transforming robot. Um, and then what happened was apparently, you know, the whole fuel crisis of the 70s uh, caused them to have to make it smaller. And they changed that to Microman. And because with the new Microman series, they came up with a whole bunch of transforming robots or transforming accessories called MicroChange that could interact with the Microman series of toys. And these were these little MicroChange guys were uh, things that might sound familiar: uh, robots that transformed into toy cars, cameras, audio cassettes, cassette players a microscope and a handgun and uh, of course we know these as Autobots and uh, shoot what was the camera anybody the camera, remember the oh, camera uh, it was only like in one episode <laughs> I could have told you if you had to put me on the spot like that <laughs> uh, <sighs> reflector. Uh, if, reflector thank you yep. uh, the cassette spies of course that belong to uh, Blaster and Soundwave, who, of course, were the tape players. Uh, the microscope would, of course, be another one I can't remember the name of. And the handgun would be Megatron, uh, eventually. Perceptor. Uh, Perceptor is the that microscope. The Thank you. Remember. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, as you can see, the three of us are real experts on Transformers. Um, <laughs> we still haven't figured out who the Stegosaurus is, but we're going to keep moving. Uh, now, also, Japan started in the 80s. Who? Snarl. Snarl! That's it. <laughs> yep. I do All it. right. I, it, it's not that, I, it's not that I'm, I'm bad with my, you know, people are listening thinking, oh, yeah, this guy's a real Transformer. You know, it's just I suffer from that thing, runs in the family, names slip out of my head all the time. Yeah. Mine I can remember up until someone needs me to remember it or <laughs> yeah. until I'm recording a podcast. Is usually what happens. <laughs> yep. Uh, it, it doesn't that, help that they switch names in Transformers animated either for some of them. So. Oh yes, and then of course because the names were so old, so by the time they tried to get them back, then they had to change the name again for uh, uh, rights issues, copyrights. Oh yeah, that one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That see, I, I can remember some names eventually. Um, and then shortly after that, uh, Takara also created the Diaclone line. Uh, which was more vehicles, and there was actually a, it actually had a story that I won't get into, but it involved a giant uh, robotic, well, 
robots that transform into vehicles that were piloted by little characters and that actually these toys actually came with little characters and some of them had like magnetic feet to keep them in place and of course all these toys would have little openings so that you could take the little character out or put the little character in there so it would so you could see the character uh, in fact actually a couple of them actually were brought over to the United States by somebody and were actually released for a little bit in like 83 I think it says yes under the name because it's Japanese so we have to make fun of it Diacron <laughs> and uh, you may have seen such characters as Ironhide, Trailbreaker and Sunstreaker come out in that line and of course they would have had different colors and those little characters and in 1983 at a Tokyo toy show uh, some representatives from Hasbro spotted the microchange toys and the Diaclone toys and decided that they wanted to bring them over to the United States. So they combined the two together into one toy line and they went to an advertising firm who is way back in the back of the book so I don't have the name of it uh, because I'm really good with names tonight. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and they came up with the idea of Transformers. They came up with the idea of the cars and some of the not really the air vehicles, but mostly the cars to be the Autobots and the war machine type vehicles, your tanks, your gun, the airplane, and apparently a cassette deck to be <laughs> <laughs> the evil Decepticons. So then Hasbro went to Marvel Comics and the Marvel got the license to create uh, not just comics, but to also they came up with the backstory for the Transformers. Uh, the editor, in fact, the editor-in-chief, uh, Jim Shooter, at the time, actually came up with the uh, with the name of Cybertron for their home planet, and a gentleman by the name of Bob Budansky, using some free association, uh, is the one that came up with all the names for all the characters, although I have heard that Optimus Prime's name was done by Denny O'Neill, but I can neither confirm nor deny that. And basically, Bob Budansky came up with the names and then also came up with backstories for all the characters, as well as, you know, the basically, when you bought the toys, and they still do this today, today, when you buy the toys, there's a little paragraph on the back of the box that tells you about, like, what they can do, whether they're, what kind of mood they have. Some, some of these characters, of course, are, like, hot-tempered, and some of them are shy, some of them love to go into battle, some of them hate war that kind of stuff uh, Bob Adansky came up with all that all the stuff you saw in the boxes, at least in the first wave, at least in the very first initial 1984 wave was Bob Budansky and since he came up with all that stuff, he was the editor for the first Transformers comics the Transformers comics, the first issue came out in May of 1984 and is quoted as being the very first Transformer collectible that anyone could purchase. However, the comics were actually preceded by a short little commercial, a 30-second animated commercial that was shown nationwide on television uh, that also included the Transformers thing. The Transformers, more than meets the eye. Autobots wage their battle to destroy the evil forces of the Decepticons. Transformers, robots in disguise. 
the first animated versions of all your favorite original Autobots. Uh, and of course, some of them looked a little different. Uh, Megatron's got a different head, for example, and some of them have some weird colors on them. But after that, uh, we had the comics, and the comics, of course, were the first thing that everyone had to, to really introduce everybody to the whole idea of Transformers. And the story was pretty much the same. Uh, they started off on Cybertron. They ha they were war fighting each other. The Autobots and Decepticons were at war against each other, and they were fighting over. Uh, the planet was running out of energon, which is the energy they need to survive. So they left the planet in search of more energon. They eventually crash landed on Earth, and their war continued on Earth. The comic was a little different, and I am acting like I know exactly what I'm talking about with the comic, but I only know this because I'm reading this book. Uh, the comic was a little different than what you may be used to if you only know the cartoon, like I do. For example, um, I don't know that they actually name the volcano that the Ark uh, crashes into, but it is actually called Mount St. Hillary in the comics, uh, based on Mount St. Helens. Uh, it's definitely identified that it's 1984, and there were several other changes. Uh, it, First of all, it was a Marvel comic, so the third issue had Spider-Man show up, mm -hmm. um, which you wouldn't see on the cartoon. And the Dinobots were actually discovered in the Savage Land of Marvel comics, where, like, Kazar, I think his name is, and a whole bunch of other dinosaurs and stuff were from. The Dinobots were discovered there. Uh, instead of Spike Witwicky and his father Sparkplug, who were pretty po uh, not well, I don't know popular, but are well known to the co to the TV show. Uh, you got Buster Witwicky, who was later identified as actually being Spike's brother, I think. Yeah. Uh, but I'm not sure if that was until after the Marvel comics. Um, other such changes were um, they actually brought in more humans, more human, uh, more people on the human side. Uh, there was actually a woman who was, let's see an engineer named Josie Beller who was paralyzed by a Decepticon attack and was later reborn as a high-tech villainess called Circuit Breaker which sound, actually to me sounds like something perfect for a Transformers cartoon or for the Transformers and in order to make sure that Marvel could keep the characters rights they actually um, introduced her in another Marvel comic so that if Marvel ever lost the license to do Transformers comics, they could still use Circuit Breaker. So that's interesting. She uh, also shows up in Secret Wars 2 for some reason. Can't, <laughs> I can't remember what context. Maybe she was talking to the Beyonder after he just discovered how to pee in Peter Parker's apartment. But <laughs> I... <laughs> back when I read that, I remember going, where's she from? Looked it up. That's where she was from. <laughs> awesome um, now if anyone has any more you want to throw in here please jump, ahead, jump in because I'm just kind of winging it based on what the book is doing and it kind of brushes through the comic pretty quick Yeah, what, if I'm what was... remembering oh, sorry. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say if I'm remembering right the time differences between the art crashing are slightly different um I think they did make it like 65 million years in the animated series 
that's four million in the comics i'm hoping that's right but i remember uh, it being yeah. a bit longer or maybe a bit less or something i know there's some kind of discrepancy or at least i think uh, there is now i'm pretty sure it was four million years on the cartoon uh, let me see I if it says here off the top of my head and of course they don't have a reprint of that cover <laughs> or of that part of the issue it's, it's just... probably just been a it's far too long since i've seen the cartoon yeah see to me 65 million years sounds right like for the cartoon but i that that may be i i can't remember off the top of my head on the cartoon that well was... i just i remember something like four million years ago on the on the planet cybertron or something like that i could or i don't know i could be wrong too i don't you know <laughs> i don't remember that the cartoon actually ever gave an exact date I want to say they had it on uh, right uh, right after the scene where you see the the arc crash into the side of the volcano, mm-hmm. and then they do the little kind of right. slow yeah. slow reveal to the present day. That's I right. want to say on the screen it says four million years later. I think you're right, actually. Now that I think about it, I think you might be right. Now, I'll sixty disagree with you. You're the host. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thanks. Now the six now six now I know that there was some descri- I want to say there was there might have no not the Japanese version. Now, you could be right on the discrepancy on the years. I don't know about the 65 million years, but I would not be surprised if the comic had a different time frame. Yeah. Although they seem to be closer on those things. It doesn't say anything in this book. I, Like I said, I haven't read the comics. I have to tell you the coloring on some of those. I tried once, <laughs> but the coloring uh, was very jarring and hurt my eyes. And... um. Ravage talked, and so I was just yeah. completely thrown off. <laughs> That's something I'm not liking either. Ravage well, talking. That's wrong. <laughs> you know, actually, actually, he spoke one time in the cartoon. Did he? They sent him to the Autobot base to spy, and when he came back, they put him, he turned into a cassette and went into the, the, to the computer, and, and there was this audible voice and it was I want to say it was a little bit like gravelly you know to kind of Mm -hmm. but now that was back like in the very first season when the Autobots flew okay so he like I want to say in him talking it could be a computer generated voice to relay the information that he had found I always kind of assumed it was kind of him talking a little bit but okay. I may be I may be wrong, but <laughs> that's possible. You know, now that you mentioned, I do remember it. And the tape went back into Soundwave, mm-hmm. and Soundwave played it. I think. Yep. Is that it? Okay. It yeah, kinda, that sounds about right. Just kind of a gravelly voice. There's energy on Earth. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's see more changes. Um, in the issue number twenty-four, after only a couple years, and before it happened in the movie. Optimus Prime died, and for a while he was a character in video games, I believe. He was in a virtual kind of virtual reality, and at some point, don't ask me when, uh, something happened to the computer he was on, or something. I think no, that's what it was. He was on a computer. He was saved on a computer, I think, in a computer game. And eventually, I think, the Decepticons figured it out, and they were going to come get him. So someone on the good guy side, a human, and now get this, because this is fully <laughs> full of, of uh, 
1980s technology. They were able to save every bit of programming that works for Optimus Prime onto a floppy disk. Yeah. <laughs> one floppy disk, one of those giant black ones <laughs> that you had to slide in the computer and put the little handle down so it would stay in. <laughs> those, the, the really floppy floppy disks. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> And eventually, uh, they rebuilt his body, and they were able to use that disc to, uh, I guess, integrate that into his new body. And I want to say that's when they did when he became a Power Master, but I'm not completely sure. But Optimus was missing from the comics for quite a long time. And when they had the movie, and we're kind of getting ahead of ourselves, because now we're getting into things like the movie and everything. So before we go too far after that... Um, are we still good? Anyone else have anything else to add? I, I something that's kind of funny when you were talking about the, the difference between the cartoon and the, the comic, I picked up the, I don't know if it's, it would be an omnibus or whatever, the first issues of the UK comic. Mm -hmm. And they, it, it does comic and then it does like a, some history. And when the UK comics came out, the people that were writing them, like Simon Furman and all those guys, they, all they had to go off of was the box art and the uh, the little description on the back of the box. So, you know, I was used to the personalities and the look from the cartoon. Mm -hmm. So when I, what was funny is the UK comics, the they act differently than the cartoon because they were going by the file cards on the back so like Optimus Prime's real cold and like short and brutal and you know uh, Braun in the in the UK comics looks just like the toy so he's got like the the, the crescent wrench hands you know like oh, the God. visor and not the not not a face he's got like a visor and and I just I just thought I just want to add that because that was just I, th I found it interesting how much oh. different they looked and acted then Ratchet and Ironhide yeah. must have looked hilarious. They, yeah, they, <laughs> it wasn't, it, they do look pretty funny. Yeah, I read the first ones recently, um, again. I didn't know that was Ironhide. It, he looks completely <laughs> different. He doesn't really look like a robot. Or an anthropomorphic robot, anyway. Yeah, I don't know what the heck that was. I I, I know it was, he, he looks kind of say... like he's got a, he's like a jet ski or something. Almost. Yeah, he. With a I'm, the, on it, yeah. yeah, I'm looking <laughs> at the picture of the toy before it was a transformer, and it's not really a robot at all. It's uh, well, the window, of course, the uh, the little human character was actually supposed to be sit standing there in the window, and it's supposed to be some kind of giant cannon weapon thing, I guess is what he's supposed to be, with treads. The and what, the human would stand there in the window and shoot it, and that's, and but, so he did. It didn't have the robot didn't have a head, and they gave it a head for the cartoon and the comic, or at least the American comic. But they forgot to do that with the toy. <laughs> what they did is they uh, there's like a block, for lack of a better word, that sits right behind the windshield. Mm -hmm. And what they did is they put a sticker on it, and the sticker had a face. 
sort of. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, no. And what it, what it does is, like, the back half comes off and treads flip out of the somewhere. I've got I've got the toy here, but uh, I think I've got Ratchet, but it's the same it's the same toy. Just yeah, it's the same color. toy. Like some treads pop out, and then like some legs come down out of the front half of the car, and like the arms come out, and like he can actually stand on the the front half turns into a robot and can stand on the the cargo part of the of the van. So yeah, it's a really it's it's to be honest, it's a crappy toy. It just it's <laughs> it wasn't good then. It's not good now. But I'm a completionist, so I I had to have it. But of course, when did the would... Red Cross start to disappear off Ratchet? Uh... Any ideas? Was that because some of the issues he has it, but it seems to be gradually phased out as he becomes more like the kind of TV series version. Huh. I don't I know. I don't know. Was that around this time? It, you know, it could have just been one of those things that was purely accidental, you know, like... Mm. But I'm not sure on that. Because I know it causes trouble at some point. That uh, at least one version of him had it on both shoulders and they had to take it off because of the whole Red Cross thing. Oh. Even though they said, but if you turn it this way, it's X's. Um... <laughs> You know? oh, geez. but yeah that might might be getting ahead of us there just a little bit <laughs> I'm not sure let's see it depends how proactive the Red Cross are <laughs> I would like to think they're fairly proactive you know with what they want to do but not necessarily with, with any kind of legal stuff yeah we're <laughs> dealing with a with a cross on a toy yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway yeah so by this point um, we're getting into or actually we're ahead of it now, but we were getting into September of 1984 where Dave Walker was born. Woohoo! I'm assuming in Ireland. I hope so. But Otherwise I someone <laughs> where I was born. <laughs> well, you know, you could have been, I don't know. <laughs> uh, let's see. And um, around around that time is when the Transformers cartoon started. And it started off as a three-episode miniseries, uh, basically telling a similar story, but slightly different, uh, to the comic with, uh, of course, Spike and Sparkplug. And the stories, I guess it's the same, but this is the one I know. And, excuse me, the Autobots and Transformers... Yeah, the Autobots and the Transformers, because the Decepticons don't count. The Autobots and Decepticons are having their war. They leave Cybertron. They head to Earth. They crash land into the side of a volcano. They wake up four million years later when the volcano erupts. And all the Decepticons get fixed up and are converted into Earth vehicles by Teletran 1, which is the Autobot computer on the uh, Ark, which is the sh Autobot ship. We probably should mention that in case someone doesn't know. Uh, we're probably not going to get new listeners on this one anyway. <laughs> and then... Um, <laughs> uh, and then after, the after all the Decepticons are fixed up and recover, they leave with the earth uh, in front of them to, you know, basically crush in their hands and they, they're going to take all the energy. But Starscream being Starscream uh, decides he's going to say goodbye to the Autobots by blasting some of the rock, which causes Optimus Prime to roll over um, due to the 
vibrations, I guess. And uh, close enough for Teletran 1 to activate again and repair him and turn him into a semi. And he actually says thanks. And yeah. then... <laughs> And then we have all the other Autobots repaired, and then they, of course, go after the Decepticons, and they end up meeting Spike and Sparkplug on a oil rig, I believe. Yes. yes. And then, and then, in to try to save some time, I'm not going to sit here and tell you everything that happens in these episodes. But basically, you have the three episodes. They. Some things are different. You see the Autobots able to do a little more stuff, such as uh, Optimus Prime's energy axe out of his hand, uh, out of one hand. Megatron has an energy ball and chain, or mace, I guess you would call it, out of one hand. Um, several Autobots have, what is it? I think it's Ratchet that has the winch. Um, I want to say. I think, I think Trailbreaker. Trailbreaker has the winch out of one arm. Uh, now, of course, a couple of them, like Ratchet, gets a little, like, a laser or something out of one arm that he gets to keep that because he's the one that repairs all the Autobots. But, um, yeah, they, the, the spark plug and Spike help them get it more accustomed to Earth and its customs. And they go after the Decepticons. Uh, the Autobots could fly this time, but they lose that. And by the end of the third episode, it looks like the Decepticons have been destroyed. And the Autobots are getting help from Earth's governments who have teamed up to help them leave the planet. And by the start of the fourth episode, that's all over with, and the Autobots are still stuck on Earth, and the Decepticons return. So there's a little continuity gap there. But other than that, um, we get the whole first season... Uh, where we get introduced to uh, how many did they say we get basically we get introduced to the whole first series of Transformers on the Autobot side we get ah I had the page with the list of all the characters actually I've got it right here I've got one of my original oh. if I can if I can get to it I'm shocked let's see here the first the shopping list <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, the first uh, group of Autobots was uh, Brawn, Bumblebee, Huffer, Cliffjumper, Windcharger, Gears, Wheeljack, Trailbreaker, Ironhide, Ratchet, Hound, Mirage, Sunstreaker, Jazz, Sideswipe, Blue Streak, and Prowl, and Optimus Prime. Of course, he's a given. And that's the, that's that's an original. Uh, I don't know if you can hear that. That's an original toy list from '84. <laughs> Awesome. The, that's the, I, the toy. My toy. My original toys are gone, but I've got the inserts. I don't. Know. <laughs> <laughs> how does that happen? I don't know. So at least you could remember how to transform them, even if you didn't have them to transform. Well, gotcha. no. Yeah. Well, yeah. You could. You could. They had them in robot and vehicle mode. Little pictures of them. <laughs> so we had a ton of Autobots, yep. and I don't think there were quite as many Decepticons. No, just uh, Laserbeak, Ravage, Frenzy. Rumble, uh, Skywarp, Starscream, Thundercracker, Buzzsaw, and Soundwave, and Megatron. And of course, they had uh, what you call them, a reflector for that first episode. Then they apparently the cartoon pe guys realized that it's very difficult to come up with ways for a huh. camera to <laughs> do much of anything. So they stopped. So they got rid of them. 
And basically, when you want to see an army of Decepticons, they just use a whole lot more of the planes, and they just give them different colors. Uh, one of the fun things I like to do when I'm watching the cartoon is catch how many times someone talks in someone else's voice. Yep. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's pretty interesting. Or all the little animation gaffes, because no, well, they've gotten a lot better lately. But back in those days, there were a lot and I mean a lot of animation gaffes such as the wrong people talking or Starscream colored like Thundercracker, <laughs> which actually could just be Thundercracker talking when it's supposed to be Starscream, something like that. But yeah, uh, some of them it's not as noticeable. Some of them it's really noticeable, especially if you see Bumblebee talking in Optimus Prime's voice. <laughs> um, <laughs> but the whole first, the first season of the cartoon lasted 16 episodes and ended with what many called, well, not many call them, they actually are, the very first uh, combination team, which was the Constructicons, who, who well, there were six of them that combined into Devastator, yep. the most powerful of the Transformers at that time. And again, not knowing that there was going to be a second season, apparently, the cartoon ends with all of the Decepticons falling into lava, and you think they're dead. <laughs> and of course, the next season they come back and there's no mention of them being in lava. But uh, the next season started up, we had a whole new line of toys, so we had to have more cartoons. And of course, as part of that, they Transformers cartoon went into well, actually they were in syndication, which allowed them to, you know, not have some of the restrictions that you would get on network TV. Uh, in fact, a little uh, tidbit: apparently they were voted the most uh, violent cartoon on television in 1984. Nice, cool. Um, yeah, I see. We're That's number awesome. one. Yay, we're number one. And the toy line even dethroned Cabbage Patch Kids as the most uh, popular toy line after the Cabbage Patch was number one for 16 weeks. Oh, wow. So that was pretty cool. Lovely little things you find out in this little book. So this next season, uh, they moved from being shown only on Saturdays to being a five-day-a-week show, which meant that the cartoon got to be shown five days a week, so I'm reiterating. Uh, so they got 49 episodes for the second season to bring the total of episodes up to 65. Uh, this, of course, gave them more room to introduce newer characters. And, of course, there were tons of new characters. Uh, now, I've got a copy, because I'm not as cool, so I don't have an original. But some of the ones that got introduced in the second year, and if you've got one for the second year and you see something I'm missing, please tell me. But there was like 15,000 Autobots that were introduced and many of them were brought into the show without actually having an introduction show. They would have maybe a spotlight on them or they would just be mentioned in the background. Um, but some of them that we got to see were, let's see, Blue Streak was already there. Grapple, Red Alert, which is basically a repaint of uh, Sideswipe. 
Skids, Inferno, Inferno, yeah. uh, Hoist, and he went to Hollywood. Yep. Uh, Tracks, which was actually a pretty cool car, but a really weird looking robot mode. Um, Power Glide, which was actually a Transformer that I remember, yep. and actually has probably stayed in my collection the longest because it was small and we keep losing it. <laughs> um, and yet I've not been able to go, I've been wanting to go and buy the newer versions of Power Glide, I just haven't done it yet. Uh, Cosmos, who actually showed up a couple times in the cartoon. Yep. Uh, let's see, Warpath, Bang Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sea Spray, who sounded like Seaman? Um, no, that's yeah. that's not right at all. Like this. Yeah. Yes, like that. What's the guy's name in He-Man? Uh, Merman. 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 I know it wasn't Seaman because that ain't right. <laughs> um, and I think was Beachcomber <laughs> season. <laughs> Beachcomber was season two, also, right? Yes. And then, of course. Uh, Omega Supreme was one of the big ones, yeah. and uh, and then of course later on we got more of the bigger teams. In fact, they actually got a two-part episode. Uh, I think it started because the Decepticons wanted vehicles, or was it because the Autobots wanted planes? Um, uh, Megatron wanted to create a a group that could just cause havoc. He wanted them okay. to be able to to be tough and and just destructive so they stole a bunch of earth cars and remember it's been a while since i watched the episode i'm gonna have to go do that tonight uh, <laughs> he, i want i want to say that he might have wanted to look like autobots so he could you know for, to cause transforming cars or give yeah. them a run for their money okay so we got the stunticons and they can they combined into anybody Minasaur. there you go and out of all of those, I had um, Motormaster, yep. who came with the head, I believe, and the gun for, for uh, Minasaur. But I never got any of the other Stunticons, because that sucks. <laughs> um, I know. But on the other side, the Autobots got some planes, so now they could take to the air and fight the Decepticons in their territory. And we got the aerial bots. Now these, I don't. Uh, my parents actually bought for me in the full set. Nice. So I had all the aerial bots. Yep, the aerial bots, and they combined into Superion. There you go, with a teeny weeny little gun. Yep. <laughs> and <laughs> that just looks so wrong. And uh, they were cool, and they, that actually got more play on the Japanese side, but. Basically, the uh, uh, the cool thing about the Stunticons and the aerial bots was that the uh, robots that got to be the arms and legs could actually switch around and either be a different arm or a different leg. Uh, but like I said, that got played with more in the Japanese, and we'll get to that in a little bit. Um, let's see. And then by the end of the season, Star Cream created his own team. And they are in here as the Combaticons. Yes. And they joined up also to co uh, to create Bruticus. And again, these f these three new teams were only com consisted of what five robots. Yep. And Devastator still showed up, but didn't show up as often. But then, of course, we had some 
more continuity errors in the second season. Uh, hopefully you guys saw some of the second season. Yes. Um, things like the Constructicons, which were created on Earth in Season 1, built Megatron in Season 2. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Uh, yeah. Um, that's probably the, bi the biggest one I've noticed. It, it's just kind of a little crazy. There is one episode, I think it's the first episode after the aerial bots and the stunticons are introduced um which i believe is the first time is the are they're the in fact those two teams are the first ones to actually get special introductory episodes um i believe everyone else just came in as if they'd been there the whole time and were hiding i want to say yeah um but yes uh they actually the aerial bots go somehow go back in time and are on Cybertron before the war between the Autobots and Decepticons start and of course they meet Orion Pax who later gets injured and turns into becomes Optimus Prime uh, and they meet Alita One? No, 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 no that's a different story No, that's, Who's that's the, the same story she, she becomes Alita One. Oh, that's right she becomes Alita One and then there was the third guy who people they never say what happens to him but a lot of people believe that he becomes Ultra Magnus, but that character was not introduced until uh, till the movie and season three, so it's just kind of a retrofit of continuity. Yeah, and there's a lot of stuff they you know they retcon. I think the fans do it more than than the actual like. <laughs> yes. Because you know like because what people would say was like the other Autobots that show up in season two or three may have been ones that were out there and somehow found their way you know they, but they never do actually say where they came from they just exactly there yeah a lot of a lot of the story backstories for them were actually uh done as like uh fan fiction yeah and people <laughs> trying to make the continuity work and i think there have been there have been plenty of stories of how to figure out how to the constructicons made megatron and then were made by megatron four million years later but yeah, time travel. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah they they be, they they got there because they weren't being focused on for several episodes, so they just went back in time and made Megatron. Well, it's a whole rubberous thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, later they do an episode where Megatron turns them evil by doing something to their some device because he they they show an episode with Omega Supreme where he was friends with the Constructicons. And That's right. He his job was to guard Crystal City, which is strange because everything else is made out of metal, but they have a Crystal <laughs> City. So he's okay. friends with the Constructicons. Megatron gets them, brainwashes them, or mind wipes them, or something, and makes them evil. And then they end up playing on the their old friendship with Omega Supreme to get his guard down, so they can destroy Crystal City. So that's probably, mm -hmm. I guess, would be a third. A problem in the continuity. So we, so basically, the the uh, Constructicons have about three or four different origins yep. over the course of the Transformers cartoon series. Oh, yep. Okay. <laughs> yes, <laughs> they're what we call an enigma. Um, Maybe time travel is affecting them. You know, <laughs> ripple effects and all that. It changes one thing. It changes the rest. The there you go. Butterfly <laughs> flapping its wings. That's the. The best <laughs> retcon I can come up with. Sorry, it's, <laughs> it's all right. You're on the spot. Th um, there's probably something out there 
that will explain exactly how every single one of these is completely valid mm-hmm. in every way that fits with the storyline. There's someone that will have come up with it. It is the internet. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I wouldn't doubt it for a second. I've uh, I've seen a what do you call it a flowchart of how the continuity works for the comics, or at least the different oh, generations. Boy. I'm going, uh-huh. oh dear. <laughs> you know, there's a, there's actually some people that actually try to fit all of the all of it, even though um, everything after Beast Wars is basically different origins and different timelines. Yeah. There are people that have gone through and have tried to figure out how everything fits into a single timeline. Ooh, that's gonna yeah, be hard. Yeah, but uh, yeah, Par- we'll get to that. Parallel universes. <laughs> well, no. Well, that that's supposed to be the idea, it, but they're trying to figure out how it's all the same universe. It's crazy, uh, but but I'll get to that as we keep going because I'm a couple of them I actually remember. Um, but anyway, more uh, Transformers introduced in season two. On the Decepticon side, we actually got some uh, the two triple changers. Uh, the first time any Transformer could transform into three char- into three forms. That was Blitzwing, who could transform from robot to jet and also into a tank. Uh, and, of course, Astro Train, Yay. which was a... Huh. Dave's favorite. Uh, which was a space shuttle, a train, and a robot. And let me get see if I understand this. Now, in the cartoon, he was gray and purple, right? Yes. I think so. Okay. And in this toy ad, I see he's gray and purple. But in the toy... Wasn't he colored like an actual space shuttle? Like white and black? Yeah. I think there were different versions of him because the one I had was black and purple. So Okay. Oh, okay. Even better. Yeah, you're right. Because mine's, I... mine's uh, white and purple. Hmm. Okay. See? Look ah. at that. Well, maybe he got a UK repaint. It's possible. That is possible. Yes. Yeah, that is possible. Yes. That, that's another thing, too, is they got different kinds of paint depending on where they were. Uh, sometimes uh, the European market got different colors and different names um, and then the Japanese got different and we'll get to that in a little bit um, I don't know where the hell they came up with their names but anyway um, and if, so that pretty much cuts us through season 2 I think right uh, oh you know we never even mentioned the Insecticons or the, or the Dinobots <laughs> they're kind of big deal mm-hmm. um, a little bit Three of them, three di- three of the Dinobots were introduced in one episode. That was Grimlock, Slag, and Sludge, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yes, I think and so. And then there was uh, an episode in which the they they was that the one where they rebelled against the Autobots. They were pretty much a pain in the neck from Jump Street. Yeah, they were a pain in the butt for both sides. Yeah. Um, I remember the first episode, they kicked the crap out of the Decepticons, though. But They were um, basically created to be slaves, were they not? Hey, we need people um, to do all the heavy lifting. Let's create yeah. some dinosaurs because they can do heavy lifting. Yeah, so, I think uh, that was Wheeljack's idea. Wheeljack and uh, Spike. Spike had been to the library with Bumblebee and had come back and was reading up on dinosaurs and was showing to Wheeljack found him interesting he decided to build some transformer versions of dinosaurs and for whatever reason he decided to make them as smart as original dinosaurs and they had happened i think what actually happened what piqued their curiosity is they had been in the art 
and somehow when they were digging around in the volcano, the dead volcano had come That's across right. some yeah. some dinosaur bones, and that piqued curiosity, and caused Wheeljack they caused Spike to go to the library, and Wheeljack to build some transformers, and they just were not good from the start. No. Yes. In... If if the fact that we were sitting here going me Grimlock <laughs> is any indication, oh, I love they how they're dealing with that now. Though um, I will hold off on that, but how they fit that sort of thing in yet keep different kind of um, continuities together is kind of cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the comic version of the Dinobots origin is completely different, as you said. Oh, cool. I think basically they come along um, the arc which was apparently somehow active um, even though it wasn't active at points <laughs> continuity seems to be a bit iffy as well there but um, it was active enough to reactivate the Dinobots who it made like the organic life which when it first when you first encountered any kind of probing by the arc which sounds wrong it ignores <laughs> completely the organic life and just goes to the machines in order to repair the autobots and decepticons all together okay yet four million years ago it was happy enough to go oh look organic life we'll take that and <laughs> yeah. i want to well, say that. that they i want to say that they there was something there that said that they would I think they... seek out the dominant life form yeah, they kind of make up for it slightly later. I think I've I've read where they said, yeah, it didn't distinguish between it was slightly malfunctioning, so it didn't distinguish between organic and inorganic beings at that time. Right. You know, I think they try to do it, but they're not clear on it at the start. But basically, um, Shockwave follows them to Earth. They crash. Shockwave comes along. Uh, they be um, in order to kind of defend itself. It reactivates a couple of Autobots they turned into Dinobots they go out and fight and everyone kind of ends up buried somehow and then 4 <laughs> million years later Shockwave escapes hilarity ensues you know yeah. <laughs> roll credits um, <laughs> wow so yeah see the com it's it's kind of amazing it I it just amazes me how much the continuity was so different and the fact that I stayed so close on the con on the cartoon and reading the comics it's like it's like an elseworlds or, yeah, I mean, or something it's crazy the whole idea of energon cubes doesn't come into it for a while i think it's really just introduced because of the series but when they start out they're converting whatever earth energy is they're trying to come up with ways of converting earth fuels into something they can use but not bringing up energon or anything they're using petrol or gasoline or whatever it is they can find although wow. not wood they don't know what wood is <laughs> yeah. well woods yeah they're, okay. they're large brown pipes at one point is how they're described oh dear i have knocked over this large brown pipe onto your tent I <laughs> something that's brought up. with the green thingies on it okay uh it now it might have been winter Oh, so point. why yes, people yes. be camping in winter I don't know it's freezing thank you <laughs> uh, now did you read I completely forgot to even ask Have did you actually have more any uh, uh, much on the American comic side or did you mostly read the UK stuff 
I've been reading the American ones at the minute. I'm trying to catch up on both, to be honest, just to see what the differences are. Because, as I said, the annuals kind of came out and were part of the UK um, storylines. But I think some of them were separate entirely from any continuity as well, just to keep things simple. Um, you know, it was kind of one-off stories that didn't really mess with continuity with what they were doing with the UK stuff or with the US stuff. But according to this this big book, like they were the UK comics were held within strict parameters. Mm. It, it was almost like they were allowed to do kind of in between stories because I think they were releasing the American comic in the UK. Like it, where it was like a monthly, these guys were doing it like more or something. I, I, it's been a while since I read it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's every. It was done every couple of weeks. Um, originally, they were splitting the comics up into two or three, I think it was, um, and filling out the rest of the stories with um, other titles, other stories, and obviously, whenever they kind of ran out of. US ones or they weren't going to get the US ones for a while they would fill in with their own stories for a bit Um, you know until they could obviously pick up where they left off and and like Travis said from what I've seen because there's a there's a site I can't think of the actual address but it's called Disciples of Boltax and it's run by the guy that does all these Transformers arcs books. I don't know if you guys have seen those books. They're, the Transformers arcs uh, are the... They actually... In fact, he also does this book too. It's got his name on it somewhere. Uh, the Transformers arc books. Uh, the first volume is nothing but uh, the some of the behind-the-scenes artwork used for the American series of Transformer cartoons. Uh, from the beginning all the way up to the uh, end of the final season. It's basically the character models. Uh, some cases they're able to include uh, not just the character models, but the transformation models, and sometimes some of the background paintings or drawings or preliminary sketches of the characters. And the, the second art, or the second volume collects all of the same stuff before the Japanese versions of the cartoons. And believe it or not, uh, not only do you see in some cases where there's some character overlap, especially, and we're going to get into this, especially when you get to where they had the headmasters and target masters, you'll see the same character looks similar but very different on the animation side. And um, then, of course, moving forward, you'll see the characters looking a little different. And, of course, in J- with Japan, they were actually going with anime, so they had a little bit more detail. But you can also see how sometimes they would start off actually with, like, a lot of detail, like for illustrations and stuff, and then how they would dumb it down for the animation. And that those were the two arcs. And then I think at some point recently they've collected both of them together into one giant book. And then the same people also put out, uh, let's see, Transformers Animated Almanac. It's two volumes that actually covers the same similar stuff, but for the animated uh, cartoon show. Uh, the more the the show that was on before the current Prime show. But 
the art writer. Ah, there it is, Jim Sorensen. Oh. Um, and the reason he's able to do the Transformers animated, the book on Transformers animated, was I, be I believe he was he wasn't a writer, but I believe he was one of the um, not historian. He 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 was one of the people they went to if they had questions about Transformers history. Cool. Uh, because he knows a lot about it, and his website, he was, and I stopped covering it or looking at it after a while. But he had a website that was literally covering all of the uh, American and British comics in chronological order, which was interesting. But uh, from that, I know that, like Travis said, the the first issue when they first started off doing the UK comics, when they started doing their own original stories. All they had to go off of, according well, also according to this book I've got, uh, is basically the box, the stuff off the boxes, like Travis said, and the box art. They didn't have all the model sheets. The Marvel comics were basically, for the most part, were able to kind of go off the model sheets being used for the cartoon. Yeah. So in a lot of cases, the characters look very much like they do on the cartoon. Uh, there's some coloring differences, like Optimus has yellow eyes, but for the most part, um, things look very similar. Uh, but the British or the UK version didn't have that luxury, so they very much look like the box art, which has them not only look really weird but really ugly. Yeah, yeah the uh, annual I had Optimus Prime in it looked evil. Yeah, properly well, evil. Have you <laughs> the box, the box art for the original Optimus Prime doesn't look exactly happy. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, but they, you know, what's funny is the box art looked a lot closer to the toy, mm -hmm. you know, than than anything else. Exactly. Did. Which is why the art looks so weird because they had box art that was used in the toys. In some cases, they actually did use the toy too. Yes. Um, so, if you had the toys, the characters look very familiar to you because you'd have the toy and that would basically look exactly the same but if you recall the toys weren't really known for their articulation <laughs> um, the original generation of transformer toys were basically you transform them and then you kind of make them hop around uh, yeah. they didn't really have <laughs> they didn't really have much in the way of like joints other than what was needed for the transformation and in Optimus Prime's case he had some weird looking little thin arms and of course, they have to try to show the, uh, you know, draw characters looking kind of limited like that, but actually moving around. So it's a little weird. But they eventually got to, uh, uh, got to a point where they were getting closer to the art that you would be used to on the cartoon. Um, and at some point, they got a writer named Simon Furman. <laughs> and one of the. And after a while of telling stories, apparently, uh, like I believe David said, um, they were basically, or maybe it was Travis, one of you guys said it, um, they had to, that basically they had to fit their stories in between what was going on in the American comic, so they were kind of limited, and just try to extrapolate on something that would have happened in between issues, yeah. and at right around the time of the end of season three of the show and the animated movie that came out Bob Budansky decided that he wasn't going to bring in all the new characters he was just going to continue on in the 1985 present at that point or 1986 85 86 time frame so Simon Furman 
did a story called Target 2006. And I don't remember how many parts this was. But I would imagine you guys both have this story in your collections. Um, this is the big story that actually has the modern Transformers meeting up with characters introduced in the animated movie that we'll be talking about in a minute. I Have, have you guys read that one? I haven't. I haven't read a chance to read it, read it yet. I am aware of it, and it does have time travel, so I'm really looking forward to getting to it, actually. Um, <laughs> I know it's here somewhere. Time travel stories are always fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I I looked at it once, <laughs> but um, I hear it. I hear it's pretty cool. There's some brutal stuff. That the Autobots and Decepticons are attacked by the bad guys from the future, but the good guys from the future show up too. And uh, it's it's a pretty. I mean, it's a. It is known as it is. Because I can talk. It's heralded as one of the best Transformer stories. Ever. Um, I don't know if that's true or not, but it's heralded that way. Uh, but in any event, um, did you, anyone else have anything more to add about the UK series before we move back to the movie? Uh, I've given you the. I think I've given you the uh, bulk of my knowledge on that, <laughs> that I can remember. Okay. I just remember when I was. Uh, basically the only thing I had was the annual for the UK comics and by the time I was getting it it was probably already about five years old so pretty much <laughs> they were completely gone by that point gotcha you know? which is a bit of a problem for when you want to find out what what else is happening with these guys Where, where's this story going <laughs> so alright well moving right along then next up uh, oh, actually, before we move on to that, let's move over to Japan. Ooh. Now, Japan was a little behind the times because, of course, you know, they're half a, half a world away. Uh, their toys started out, I believe they didn't actually come out till 85 is when the toy line came out. And they also got the cartoon and redubbed it into Japanese, and it was called Super Robot Life Transformers. that point all 65 uh, all 65 of the first and second season 
episodes were done, they got it all as one package. So it was one 65-episode series. And basically what, uh, what you have is you have some of, the comp- some of the characters have different names. The ones that stick out in my mind are that Jazz was known as Meister or Meester for some reason. Bumblebee was Bumble. And Optimus Prime was known as Convoy. Why? I don't know. I'm guessing it's because the Diaclone toy that he was based off of was known as Battle Convoy. Hmm. And uh, I think it was... No, 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 no. He was known as Convoy. Uh, Ultra Magnus was Battle Convoy, but we'll get to that. Um, but he was he was Convoy there. In fact, I bel- in No, he didn't have it written on the side. Anyway, he was known as Convoy, so they just kept the name Convoy. Now, of course, more recently with the movies and the newer cartoons, they're actually using the name Optimus Prime, which is weird. Um, But basically what they would do is, whereas on the American show, whenever you had a, a, a leader for the Autobots, they would always have the last name of Prime. And in Japan, it would always be Convoy. And we'll see that more as we move along, but keep in mind that the, anytime you have a leader, other than a couple that I can think of, basically they all have a convoy name. But anyway, uh, that show lasted, and it, they ran the show kind of weird. Uh, they started off, as you would normally expect, with the first episode. Uh, the middle of season two had a... Uh, on a, in the American version, had a show, or had a couple of episodes called um, "The Ultimate Evil," I believe, uh, which was Megatron's plan of moving Cybertron into Earth orbit, and they were going to destroy the Earth, and the destruction was going to give them enough energon, I think, to fuel Cybertron, but would also get rid of the Autobots, something to that effect. It's been a while since I've seen that. For some reason, despite having all the episodes they had, they made those two episodes the finale for Super Robot Life Transformers. It kind of makes sense, but half the uh, three quarters of the characters that were introduced in season two didn't show up until after that episode. So you have the whole world in danger, but there's no aerial bots or stunticons or combaticons or red alert or hoist or any of those guys. So that was a little weird. But for the most part, you got all of those. And following that uh, that season, they came out. Because of some changes coming over in the Americans, they actually, in the American version, they come out with a couple of videos, which we're going to get to a little later because we've got to explain the American version first. The American version next up was the Transformers animated movie of 1986. Coming from the sky above And there's nothing you can do We've had a strike There'll be no place to 
which got a PG rating because they included the word shit in it. <laughs> oh. Um, I have that version. Now, yes. <laughs> it, now, apparently, the, the theater version had the word shit, and the home video releases did not include the word. They edited it out. And I don't believe it was until somewhat just recently that they actually started putting it back in the international versions again. Yep. And like that's oh. a big uh, deal. That's like a selling point to the... Yeah, because yeah, that's the unedited version. Yep. Uh, but yes, uh, there's a point where... Well, let me get into the story of the movie first. Uh, the movie introduces a transformer known as Unicron. And at first, actually, you don't even know he's a transformer. It's just a giant planet, a giant robotic planet. And in the very first scene, this planet basically eats another planet, which takes us into the rollicking rock version of the Transformers theme, sung by the group Lion. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> with some psychedelic stuff going on in the background. And in some stunt casting, they actually got some actual actors you've heard of before to do some of the voices for this movie. Uh, Leonard Nimoy, more famously known as Spock uh, from the Star Trek series, voices a character called Galvatron, which I'll get to in a minute. Uh, Judd Nelson, who was really popular at that time for being in... Oh, crap, it's not 16 Candles. Breakfast Club. Breakfast Club. Breakfast Club, thank you. Yep. Very good. <sighs> This is why I have co-hosts. Um, <laughs> Great movie, by the way. I recommend yes. everybody see yeah. that at least twenty times. <laughs> at least, at least you got you got to at least. Uh, he was he becomes Hot Rod, and uh, Eric Idle, who is a member of the the British comedy group. Uh, Monty Python. Monty Python. Man, I should not be hosting a show. Um, <laughs> Uh, from Monty Python is Rekgar and it's actually pretty funny as Rekgar and the final big name casting that I can think of off the top of my head was Orson Welles doing the voice of Unicron yep. which would be his last role ever as he died before the movie came out yeah that's why he and, sounds so so uh, synthesized is that they said he was just by the time he was able to do that his, he was just in such poor health they had to synthesize the the crud out of that uh, track to to have it sound good at all. <laughs> and apparently, Unicron, uh, the size of Unicron, is based on the size of Orson Welles at that time, <laughs> uh, from what I've heard. Are you saying Orson Welles had his own gravity? Is that what? <laughs> yes, that's what well, that's where I was going. I was just insinuating it. But if we want to go there, yes, he had his own orbit. Um, nice. Thank you. Um, and we be, the story actually makes a big jump. Uh, we go from 1985 to the year 2005, and which was a big deal about seven years ago when we were in 2005. And nothing that you see in this movie actually ha happened by the time we hit the real 2005. Well, what's time cop that? <laughs> oh, sorry, what? What's time, time cop? Yeah, it's hilarious. It's... Um... Was it 2004 it said in it's so much fun to just go nope no <laughs> no 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 you can't go to mars yet no. oh we did have something like that but that was like five years before that well i'm, I'm yeah. still waiting for a flying delorean oh we've we've yeah. seen 
two and a bit years left for that. We'll yeah, we still fine. got a yeah, we still got a couple <laughs> okay. years. Yeah, we still got a couple years to get the uh, in the sky highway system and yeah. the hoverboards. Yeah, but I I have a good exa- I have a good reason though why 2005 looked so different in Transformers universe as compared to ours. Okay. If you had an advanced race of alien robots who could turn into vehicles and stuff, their technology that's probably what Earth would have looked like if we had an advanced alien race with that kind of technology. That's Good at least point. that's what I always told myself. That's how I was able to. <laughs> no, that actually works. Uh, I've often come come up with that when you're watching those, uh, or when you're reading comic books, and you've got these ultra science fiction inventions that characters will come up with to beat up the good guys. Right. And it's just because of the influence of the new of the heroes that we wouldn't have that kind of creativity on our Earth. Right. But yeah, that makes perfect sense. Um, but yeah, so then the next season of the TV show picks up where this movie basically leaves off. <laughs> Just about everyone that was in the movie as a stunt in the stunt casting for the new characters is not in the show. Um, oh, that's right, I forgot to mention the guy that voiced Ultra Magnus. What was his name? Uh, Robert Wagner. Not Robert, Robert Wagner. Stack. Stack. Thank you. Uh, he didn't come back for some reason. Um, Frank Welker, who had been voicing Megatron, uh, comes back as Galvatron, who apparently has landed on this other planet and has gone crazy. Which is what the excuse is for his different voice. Yeah. Um, but the uh, basically you have the whole third season. Not all of it takes place on Earth. Most of it takes place on Cybertron or somewhere else in space. We get more new characters, um, and of course the aerial bots and everyone shows up again. Show up again. Uh, but we get more new characters. We get more new teams of characters, such as the rescue bots. Uh, oh, the protect, compu- protective bots? Uh, that's exactly what I meant. Oh, sorry. Um, no, that's, that's fine. And they combine, and there's five of them, I think, and they combine into... Uh, oh, right. No, that's not it. <laughs> uh, Hold on, let me see if it's in here. I'm like... Uh, anyway, the prote- the protectobots combine into a giant robot. As do as um do let's see, there's the technobots, and they're Computron. Yep. And then, of course, the Decepticons have at least one new group, and I don't remember what they're called. Oh, the 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 uh, uh. exactly. <laughs> uh, the the animals, right? Oh yeah, the uh, the the Predacons. Predacons. Yes. yes, and they combine into Predaking. There you go. Yep. See, we got this down. And uh, then you get Skylinks, who I don't know what the hell that's supposed to be. He's a tank and a dragon. He's a dragon tank. Um, 
but mm -hmm. uh, you get them. Uh, like I said, the with a thanks to a new transformation cog, Autobot City now becomes Metroplex, and they also the Decepticons get another new giant Decepticon called Trypticon. Which is a giant Godzilla kind of like dinosaur, and basically both Trypticon and uh, I just said his name Metroplex are basically cities that they can kind of use as bases, and then they those two can transform and then they fight each other. So those are cool. I love that uh, origin too, the Trypticon's origin. What was his origin? I don't remember. They literally they literally retrofitted an actual city. And it's like Dawn. Is That's right. And That's right. Megatron flips or Galvatron flips a switch, and it literally transforms right there. Now, why <laughs> why he didn't have to go to Vector Sigma and get a personality for uh, Trypticon like he did the Stundicons, I never ever know. But yeah, but yeah it, could you imagine waking up to that? You know, like <laughs> you're in your high rise apartment downtown, and all of a sudden you end up in like something. Shorter. That would just oh, holy so crap! Weird. <laughs> Although as a kid that would be really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um anyway, so season three is not well regarded because um for the most part Rodimus Prime is kinda whiny, doesn't yeah. think he should be a leader, uh doesn't want the re responsibility of being a leader. We get some really uh also the animation takes a real big downturn. Uh I forgot to mention this, but for those of you that know animation uh, the first season was basically done by Toei Animation, who is still pretty popular to this day. It's a Japanese animation studio uh, that does anime as well as animation for their sh you know companies. Uh, they're you know they're really good with the giant robot stuff, uh, such as they're the ones that actually created the shows that will eventually become Voltron and stuff like that. Uh, so they're a pretty high quality animation studio. The other studio that in the second season because of 49 episodes uh, they got a second studio to help out with some of the episodes called I believe Akon Studios which is from South Korea and basically they decided th this company took all the model sheets for all the characters and threw them out the window and decided to do whatever the hell they wanted <laughs> and uh, so and you can really tell the difference between the two versions there's just not as much detail and a lot of size issues, which is something that you really see in season three, because by season three, basically Toei had spent all their time working on the movie, and the movie's animation is, well, for the time anyway, fantastic. That was uh, amazing. Great, the, the vibrant colors, great movement, reflective stuff since they're machines, uh, all kinds of good stuff, other than a few, you know, animation gaps of having characters appear in two places at the same time. <laughs> Uh, Akon took uh, took care of all those episodes of season three, and so it's ter pretty much terrible. Uh, to show you an example of the uh, size problem that they have, I believe it's an episode called "Is it the the big broadcast of 2006?" I think it is. But no, there's an episode there. Uh, you have the Autobots and the Decepticons fighting each other, and apparently Soundwave is the exact same size and height as Devastator. Wow. Um, yeah, which is pretty cool. Uh, that's just 
that's just the only one I could think of off the top of my head. But they, you know, they have a lot of issues. Like, oh, they, they're also the ones that will have, um, while you're looking at Scourge talking, um, Thundercracker will be behind him, even though he's either Scourge or one of the sweeps. Insecticons are still very prevalent in th Season 3, even though they were all supposed to be turned into these other characters and sweeps. Um, I don't believe Megatron shows up, but some of the dead Autobots we saw show up in the background. Uh, Jazz, who basically who did survive the movie, uh, but his the guy that did his voice, Scatman Crothers, died. Uh, so you don't see Jazz anymore. But apparently there's another character on another planet, because I think the first episode has some kind of race between a whole bunch of Autobot-type people. And uh, it's another character with a different name, but looks just like Jazz. So that's the kind of stuff they pull. Anyway, so Season 3 kind of sucks animation-wise. There are like three or four episodes that are really good, including the one I just mentioned where they bring in the, the Technobots. Has some very high quality animation. That's also a funny episode because that episode also allows Grimlock to talk like a normal person. Yes. Um, that's, that's the thing that that uh, masterpiece comes with is that little head thing that you could use to transfer his brains to to copy drawn. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. But yes, as a sign of of. Um, Grimlock's intelligence in that episode, he's actually the one that builds the Technobots and, you know, allows them to live. So there is one episode that's kind of a tease uh, in which I think it's called Dark Awakening or Dark yes. Summoning? Dark Awakening. Where uh, the Autobots go to another planet where all of the dead Autobots have are, basically it's their memorial tomb. And you see statues for all of or actually, maybe it's actually them. But you see places for uh, the remains of all the Autobots that we saw die in the movie. Yep. Uh, Optimus Prime is also there, very much damaged. And in a way that I can't exactly remember off the top of my head, but I'm betting it's a Quintesson thing. Yep. Optimus Prime comes back to life. And kind of resumes leadership of the Autobots. At one point in the episode, um, Erotimus Prime is about, it actually gives his matrix to Optimus and becomes Hot Rod again. Uh, but by the end of the episode, uh, Optimus is supposed to actually destroy the Autobots, uh, but he's able to defeat this reprogramming and actually saves the day. Uh, there's a bomb or something. Uh, gives the Matrix back to uh, back to Hot Rod, and he ends up sacrificing himself again. And you think there's no way he could come back from that. <laughs> um, sure. Hot Rod becomes Rodimus again, and they go on their merry way. Now, the original airing of that episode just ended as if that was the end. But uh, you may—I don't know if you could tell by the way we're talking—but see, but the movie killing Optimus Prime was basically a very big no-no on Hasbro's part. Uh, they thought it wouldn't be a big deal to do that because you know he's just a character. But apparently, uh, Optimus Prime came to be known as like a Jesus-type figure amongst the kids of America, and probably beyond—I would imagine 
England and Europe and everywhere else too. <laughs> Although, believe it or not, England is part of Europe. Um, so is Ireland, I've heard. And, yeah, um, me too. I know. <laughs> well, since I don't know, uh, I don't know Irish history. Since it was green, uh, they started wearing the skirts. Uh, sorry, sorry, the kilts. <laughs> Where was I? Yes, uh, but apparently uh, that was a bad idea, and there was actually boycotts of the show and the toys. Uh, par- lots of angry parents writing in because their kids were very upset by this turn of events, and probably because of the use of the word shit in the movie. <laughs> and um, so, after the f- now apparently this now I've got to say I don't remember the first airing of the show because. This was 1986 or 87. I would have been literally six or seven. And I don't remember things that far back, at least not that good of a detail. So I don't remember if this actually happened or not, but apparently the very first airing does not have any narration at the end. All subsequent airings of that episode say to keep an eye out because Optimus Prime will return in The Return of Optimus Prime. And the last time that that show apparently was, re- or the first time that show was repeated was apparently like the day before the return of Optimus Prime aired. Oh, because really? I want to say, yeah. And I don't know about the most current sets because um, Shout Factory has released their own sets of the Transformers cartoon series. But I have the ones from Rhino that yeah. came out before that. And that episode has that narration still in the episode. Which ticked off a lot of people, but you know what are you gonna do? Well, see, I, I was, I, yeah, they did that to the movie as well. Yes, yes. Uh, they turned, they moved, they took the movie and made it into five part episode. Um, and I guess it's at the end where they put that in, the uh, end of the last part where they put that narration, probably. Yeah. Uh, the before they released this more recent, uh, like twenty fifth anniversary. DVD that put you know shit and dan- you know back in the in the uh-huh. movie, <clears throat> the the one before that they would put that you know the greatest Transformer of all time, Optimus Prime will return, and it sounds like it was by the same guy that did those original voiceover things. Yes, commercials he did the stuff. commercials too. Yeah, and so it might have been what they they may have just used that that they made for that episode that you're speaking of. I don't know, yeah. but. Yeah, or they may have done it for the movie and put it in the episode. I don't know. Yeah. In either event, Optimus Prime came back at the end of the season. Uh, it's a two-episode uh, story called The Return of Optimus Prime, involving a whole lot of shenanigans with some re- uh, virus that turns Autobots and Decepticons into these really, really, really evil bots, as well as turning them completely red. Uh, Optimus ends up having to, once again, light the darkest hour. And they actually use the You've Got the Touch song, despite the fact that they're talking about hell breaking loose in the song. Um, <laughs> and this is a kid's show in the 80s. But uh, yeah, they use the song. He lights the darkest hour. It takes all of the energy left inside the matrix of leadership. Uh, but all the Autobots are cured, and Optimus has returned, and Rod- Rodimus Prime is now back to being Hot Rod. <sighs> That's all of season three. 33 episodes. Uh, as far as the comics, like I said, Bob Budansky didn't want to really uh, bring much, most of that in. Um, I think eventually some of the characters slowly started coming over, but for the most part it stayed as 1986 um, and continuing with the original characters. Like I said, Optimus was dead, so it really didn't matter. Um, <laughs> eventually Bob Budansky leaves 
Oh, and keep this in mind. This is also in spite of the fact that they did do a three, I believe, issue miniseries uh, to um, adapt the movie into the comics. Um, Bob Dansky leaves. Simon Furman comes over from Eng from the British Isles, over to um, well, at least to write for the American comics. And uh, he starts bringing some of that stuff in. He j leaps us forward to 2006 or seven by that point, uh, and we get stuff with Unicron and Galvatron and all kinds of fun stuff. Um, in fact, in the comics, were did they have Galvatron and Megatron as two different pe characters? They did. Anyone remember? Possibly. Yeah. Okay. They, they did. They did something. I. Uh, I'm not. Sure. They did something weird with that. Yeah, I want to say there were two different characters. Even though the comic would have shown them being this, I don't know. Uh, comics these days, you can't go by them. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you had a whole bunch of uh, stuff. The 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 uh, and because I can talk. Uh, <laughs> continuing on, uh, but yeah, the comics had stuff like that. Some of the characters from the movie survived. I know there's some point in which Ratchet and Megatron are combined into one gooey looking transformer um, but then and I, and I don't know I would imagine they sort of did some of the same stuff in the UK comics mm. anybody know mm. oh, yes alright then um, thank you my lovely panel um, <laughs> moving right I... along <laughs> I'm sorry a lot of that I didn't hear so <laughs> okay that's fine Oh, you didn't hear me saying it, or you don't know? I didn't hear you, so... Oh, great! That's fantastic. Um, no, what I'm saying is, uh, after with the Season 3 stuff, they didn't jump ahead in the comics in, in America, at least not until Simon Furman came on. Did they jump ahead over there, or did they wait until the American comics did? I don't know. I think maybe they were just continuing on, because... Basically, Simon Furman was responsible for all of the stuff for that, as far as I know. I don't think they did much in the way of other stories once he left. At least I haven't come across any yet. Um, oh, okay. So I guess for a while there, he was writing like a monthly comic and a weekly comic? Depends how they were splitting it. I, um, I think oh, yeah. they... The, timing changed on it i know that much it was weekly for a bit then it was fortnightly and I think it went back to weekly again or it went back to fortnightly or something like that i know it changed just near the end so it might have been when he went over to do that they cut the number of issues in half and just took the monthly ones and half them again okay huh learn something new Cool. Okay. Well, so the comics didn't reflect it for a while, but eventually they got to go to the future too. Uh, over in Japan, um, they turn they they decided that 2006 wasn't far enough, um, and so they made it 2010 um, for some reason. But they had to explain what happened between the end of the you know season 2 and the beginning of the 2010 series so they created a of original animation for video called Scramble City which and for some reason even though they would have been introduced in the show uh it basically reintroduces 
the Stunticons and the Aerial Bots. And this time we actually get them, they actually show off the fact that their limbs can be interchangeable, even amongst each other, which uh, causes problems for one of the teams at one part because they don't want to work together. Uh, it's a long story. Anyway, we see the, we're, watch, it has the construction of Metroplex. Um, we've got Optimus Prime meeting Ultra Magnus. Uh, Bumblebee's in it. Spike is in it as his younger self. Um, Megatron and Soundwave are basically still in their same... I don't know that they had the jump in time in this thing, but you've got all that happen. There's a big battle, and at the end, um, we do get Metroplex versus Trypticon, and they just start to fight, and then that's the end of the video. And I think there was supposed to be another one made, but they didn't. So it ends on a cliffhanger, which is kind of crap, if you ask me. Mm -hmm. And there was a Scramble City 2, but Scramble City 2 was actually made using the toys and doing stop motion. And I don't know if it's any clearer on that as to what the heck's going on. <laughs> and I, th I don't remember if it might also end in a cliffhanger. There are videos of that on... YouTube, I know I've seen it. They're not subtitles, so if you don't know Japanese, it's not going to really help you much. <laughs> um, but yeah, so they they made those. They were not, other than the title, they were not related to each other. Uh, They're supposed to help explain what happened, but they didn't do a very good job. So you get uh, Transformers 2010, um, or actually, as it's called over there, Transformers 2010. course I, I believe the first you know the beginning of the first episode kind of explains what happens because there's a recap of the uh, you know the end of the movie but they do change the order of some of the episodes for some reason uh, but basically they get the whole season as it appears and at the end convoy returns um, no word on whether or not they actually have the little narration at the end of any episodes about convoy returning in the next episode and they didn't get the uh five part episode uh, where they split up the movie and i'm not sure why but they didn't get that <clears throat> japan took the movie out of their 
Yeah, uh, they took it out of their continuity. They didn't even get it till like in the last five or ten years, I don't think. Well, they, uh, I've got that uh, box set of uh, Headmasters. Uh huh. And they do some kind of weird, like they cut out the movie and and move a bunch of stuff around. Uh, mm-hmm. So, like the movie's not even in their continuity. Right. Yeah, that which is yeah. When we get into headmasters, I'll mention more of that. But yeah, so since they don't have the movie, there's some characters that we know that are dead in America that don't die over in Japan. So it's kind of interesting. Yeah. Um. And we haven't even gotten into the toys, although the toys are going to be more of a factor in a little bit. But like I said, some of the the toys for this season, yeah. In my opinion, they look like cheap knockoffs of Transformers. <laughs> um, whereas the others had some die cast, and even though they couldn't move very much, they had some, a lot of detail and stuff on them. Uh, in my opinion, because of the fact that they were futuristic cars and vehicles, because of the fact that it takes place in the future, um, I don't know. They, the, the designs seem more simplistic, and the articulation seems to be even more limited. And it just, I think they got rid of the die cast by this point, too, for most of them. Unless they actually came from the Diaclone line or something. Is but, the, yeah. The standards, the safety standards changing had anything to do with that? That's also a possibility, yeah. Mm-hmm. But, I, like I don't know. The, the movie, or what was that? More, I always felt like the after the movie were a little more organic looking. Okay. To me. Yeah, Hot Rod doesn't look that bad. Cup looks a little weird. The, uh, what's his name? Wheelie does not look anything like Wheelie. It's, it's, it is the worst toy <laughs> ever made for yeah. that line. <laughs> I, mean, I, mean, I, I have it because I have to have it. But... Well, of course. <laughs> uh, <laughs> of course you do. And that's where we're going to end things this time. Thanks again to Travis and David for joining me, and to you for listening. Since he's not here to mention it, Dave's show, Flash Legacies, covers Wally West's career as The Flash and can be found at flashlegacies.libson.com. To learn more about it, stick around after the end tag to hear the promo for his show. And be sure to come back in just two weeks, where we'll be covering the rest of the Transformers history, from the introduction of the Headmasters to the current Transformers Prime. We'll talk to you then. This has been an episode of Charlie's GeekCast, hosted by Charlie Niemeyer. The show's website is www.charliesgeekcast.com, where you will find notes and images for each episode. Please feel free to leave a comment there, or email the show at charliesgeekcast at gmail.com, and I'll read them on the air. You can also subscribe to the show on iTunes. I also have another show called Superman of the Bronze Age, where I cover Superman comics published between 1970 and 1986. You can find that at www.supermanofthebronzeage.com. Charlie's Geek Cast is an I Don't Have a Fake Company name production. All images and music used are copyright their respective copyright holders. Thank you for listening, and God bless.
this day on, let every breed of Mongo live together in peace. Wait, he said Mongo, didn't he? That's wrong character, wrong universe, and wrong galaxy. Hold on just one sec. Ah, here we go. Flash Legacies, a podcast connecting the adventures of Wally West, the third hero to be known as The Flash. Join me, Dave Walker, in my bi-weekly journey as I look at Wally's career from when he first donned the mantle of The Flash all the way up to the return of Barry Allen. Find me at flashlegacies.limpson.com. <laughs>